I see you calling, but I'm recording this new episode of Miseducation of the People. Hit me in my bleed. As you all know, 2020 has been a year of COVID-19, and because of that, we had to invite public health professional, Ms. Kim Pierre, to break down the facts. In this episode, she's breaking down the impact that COVID-19 is having on communities of color and the role of self-accountability, dating during the pandemic, the work of Dr. Sebi, the influence of family eating habits when it comes to hereditary diseases, the battle that our black youth are having when it comes to suicide. She's discussing free and low cost healthcare options and much more. So make sure you pay attention to this very, very important episode because it can definitely help out many people who have been wondering what's going on with COVID-19 and ways they can keep themselves and their families protected. All right, let's go. Beats by Pete Samples. This education. What's good? Welcome to a new episode of the Miseducation of the People. New Miseducation! It's the baldy guy with the superbly supreme gleam, I mean. Top two baldies, but I'm not number two. The smoothest baldy on both sides of the Mason-Dixon line. Baldy so smooth they can't believe it's not butter. Your host, Taryn Morgan II. Shout out to all the ladies out there with the late ass lace fronts. I mean, I see y'all out there, you know. However, some of y'all be having them joints that don't be all the way down and be flapping in the wind like. Shout out to the people out there with the clean fingernails and ears. I'm not gonna lie, this is an area I'm hella shallow about, but you know, let me get a little flashback. You know, many, many, many years ago, um, I actually stopped talking to a young lady because it was just Wax City. You know what I mean? So then peep it at all until she turned and I just happened to see and it was like. I was the ghost guy back then, so you knew exactly what I did. But, you know, I'm a changing man now, you know, so, you know, we moving forward, moving forward. Also, shout out to my haters. Can't do this without y'all. Appreciate y'all. Y'all know I've been dabbling into the astrology tings. And one of the messages that I got recently was to believe the reality that is before me. Meaning to believe the versions of themselves that people are presenting to you. People's true intentions are being seen a little bit more easily right now. And, oh boy. People are showing their asses off. Um, it's been a very, very, very interesting time frame for me, though. Um, the spirit of cursing the motherfucker out is very heavy. Very, very heavy. Like, if triggered, I'm going to go. But I know I can't do this because, you know, we're in a, a world where you have to act a certain way. So, you know, I'm currently transmuting this energy into my creative work. But sometimes it does get too much. I ain't going to lie. And it's an eternal battle. It's not going to get to the point where I actually will physically lash out, but, you know, I have control and, you know, I know when I'm reaching that level. But let me let me tell you about this one incident that occurred this week. Like, I, I really can't make this shit up. Like, I, I don't understand, you know, why people just be trying it. Right. So the common theme of my professional career is that there is always a man in power that allows for the egos and emotions to leak out when they're doing business. Right. Um, often they are very self-important people. Their world trumps others, right? So I was spitting facts because that's what I do. But it wasn't coming from a place of cockiness or arrogance. Um, I was strictly trying to build up my team, offering free strategy on how we can improve. It's an area that you know I enjoy doing. Um, necessarily, it is my area of expertise, which is programming, 
building processes, improving processes, improving efficiency and effectiveness, and whatever you may need business administrations wise. Um, just a little heads up on my background, um, have 15 years of experience and two master degrees, one in being administrative science. A few MVPs too, so you know, in short, I'm the shit. But anyway, um, there was a man in power uh, who started to feel insecure and or let their ego show out. So, you know, they started to talk about what I was saying wasn't professional and kept cutting me off, not realizing that them cutting me off is unprofessional. But anyway, so as soon as I started noticing behavior, I was like, and I swear I heard niggas done started something by DMX echoing in the wind like a lovely lullaby. If you love the money, then prepare to die for it. In that instance, his world told him that his opinion was automatically right without no logical responses. And he kept doing this multiple times in a very belittling and demeaning manner and started saying some slick shit too. So, of course, me being me, the petty god, I had to pull out the receipts and I calmly verbally said, Sir, I have two master's degrees in this area. I think I know what I'm talking about. About, but in my mind, I said, "Yo, who the fuck you talking to? I smack the shit out of you." SMD. But I didn't because I'm a professional, right? <laughs> Old boy really tried it, and he was on some shit where it wasn't even warranted, like unprovoked, like truly, kind of like a look at me, um, little boy in a grown man's body type approach, you know. Um, and also, please don't get it twisted. I'm never on no elitist shit. I actually hate that a lot. Um, I don't like throwing around my degrees, but that bullet is in the clip. If you think you're going to try to sun me on an intellectual level with no data backed position that is strictly being driven by ego and emotion. But anyway, I digress. So after I put him in his place, he literally blew up and typed in the chat. I'm done. <laughs> the petty in me wanted to send that you mad Cameron gift from, um, I think that was the something O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly show, whatever. But, you know, I relax, you know. Um, but you better believe after I checked him, he was quiet as a mouse and still haven't received apology, which is usually what occurs when you're dealing with men like this. So this is talking to men because oftentimes men are talk saying that, oh, women are emotional. But, you know, this applies to anyone. But more so, I'm saying that men are usually the emotional ones in every single situation that they're projecting on women. Right. So to the fellas, people who identify as fellas or people in general who bring their emotions into business let me let you know something there is no emotion in business period get out of your feelings get into the actual facts i thank god that i be in my zen shit really and i wish i had my camera on during that meeting so i could have said every single thing with a straight face and a smile i'm gonna let you know right now 2021 i don't have time for the bullshit or negativity Teddy Pendergrass done told y'all what his mama said on Be For Real. The same people you meet going up are the same faces you see coming down. Don't burn your bridges, my G's and G's. I'm just trying to live my bald black ass life in peace. And there is no room for any hateration or holleration in Miss Mary J. Blige's dancery. And quite honestly, I'm just trying to be. But the moral of the story is, your world is not the only world that exists. There is your truth and there's the actual truth. You can think that you're killing it in the game in your mind and deserve everything. However, you have no clue what's actually going on in the world. 
And I'm not talking about comparing yourself to others in a negative aspect, like comparing yourself to what people show you on social media, uh, which in turn negatively impacts your mental health. I'm talking about looking at what the competition is doing as a benchmark to ensuring that you are in fact moving in the most efficient, effective, and truthful way that is positively contributing to society or to see if you're even relevant. We waste a lot of time just pushing along with no guidance because we think we got everything, you know? There's not one person in this world that knows every single thing, and if they think they are that person, then they're actually a fool, you know what I mean? Sometimes it is important to consult those who have more wisdom, especially those who are younger than you. Yeah. So the Real Talk Session series truly appreciates every single person who supports and listens to the Mrs. Education of the People podcast, and we ask that you please share, rate, review five stars, and subscribe to the podcast. That is the only way that we grow. And, you know, we do this for the people. You know what I mean? Like ODB said, real talk is for the kids. And that's what we out here. I mean, next week we have some surprise content dropping. You know, Christmas season, Kwanzaa coming up. So stay tuned. We got you. We got you. If you haven't already checked out our Melanated Mental Health Moment Quarantine Edition videos or our collaboration video series with Juju Bay, you are losing. I don't know what you're doing out here in your life, and I mean, like, questionable. But anyway, hit the show notes to get that crucial free information. You know, we're talking about getting yourself right mentally and spiritually, take yourself to the next level. And please do not get it twisted. Hoodoo is our black-ass history that these white people have taken away from us and demonized. So, you know, get into it. Just learn. Read. There's nothing wrong with expanding your mind and exposing yourself to new information. So go ahead. If you have not seen, we have those fire, fire, fire. Don't let these degrees fool you hoodies out now. You do not need a degree to get this hoodie because a lot of people who have degrees that don't know anything at all. I mean, so make sure you're out here supporting. Uh, Plus, we have a dope new design dropping very soon and beanies to, you know, accommodate that joint because that's what we do. We always just add, 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 you know, always putting some fire out there. And as usual, shipping is free on all orders. Plus, you can feel good about purchasing something and treating yourself, right? Because all the proceeds are investments to our mission of providing empowering educational content to help advance black communities across the nation. You know, we're doing a lot and we are self-funded. But imagine what we can do if we actually had some additional financial support. We're able to be able to provide more opportunities to black and brown creatives, professionals to spread our impact, to bring awareness to the dope stuff that other people are doing around this country. And I mean, so that's what we are doing. And we're using our proceeds from our merchandise to be able to fuel that content creation. So, you know, get at us. You know, we're trying to make it out here. If you would like to donate, that is also an option. Please visit realtalksessionseries.org slash donate. Also, if you're on the Chatty Chatty, a.k.a. Clubhouse, please follow me at Real Talk Only. You know, we out there. Um, it's, it's interesting, interesting times out there, you know. And make sure you're following the Real Talk Session series at Real Talk Session series on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And let us know your thoughts. Talk to us because, you know, we out here. We do it for y'all. I let's go ahead and talk about what's going on out here in this world right here. So our government is close to closing negotiations on the second stimulus package. Uh, it's super real out here. A lot of people are losing their jobs. The unemployment rates are skyrocketing. Um, this new package is said to total about $900 billion. However, because you know the rich and greedy rule of country, 
um, they're stating that uh, checks may be less than $1,200 this time around. So, um, yeah, pay all these taxes for just crumbs. But anyway, um, I'm going to go ahead and pour that right back into this business because I'm scaling and, you know, we making moves. It's get down or lay down and, you know, this money is just going to get poured right back into it. But if you have bills, please make sure you handle your handle. Get that paid for. If you don't, invest in yourself. Don't piss it away, please. Look into stocks. Use that as starting capital to start your business or whatever you want. I mean, but necessarily look at where we at right now and how people are losing their jobs so easily, how people are struggling financially to make ends meet. Be smart with your money. Do something with it. If you don't need the money, fine. Donate it to somebody. If you have any ideas on what people can invest in or where they can donate to, please email me at info at realtalksessionseries.org or hit me on IG and I will spread that information out. COVID vaccines are here and unfortunately they use one of our black queens as, you know, bait, I guess, to be the first person to be injected. And I saw something funny too. I saw two white doctors, one administering the vaccine to the other with no kind of vaccine within it. So yeah, that kind of was kind of sketchy and he didn't even attempt to fake it. So I'm like, yeah, it's funny. But um, just so y'all know, um, historically, uh, COVID-19 has caused many more deaths compared to World War II. And it is the third most deadliest event in American history. I'm not telling people not to get the vaccine. I'm telling people to do their own research. Me personally, I am holding off on this vaccine. I'm gonna let y'all get it, get it first, you know, see how it's looking, make sure you don't grow no third arms. Um, some of the side effects I've seen so far have been very concerning, but you know, do your own research um, because I'm ready to get out here in these COVID-less streets and just live my best life. I got some vacations I need to do. Trying to be out on the beach, getting the baldy tan, I mean, but yeah. This past weekend was the couple thousand MAGA march. Not millions, because they be lying, and they trying to Columbus our shit as usual. Uh, the thugs and rioters who participated in this event vandalized the church, tore down a Black Lives Matter sign from that same church, and set it on fire. Also, they were targeting innocent civilians. Uh, but they messed with one brother <laughs> that wasn't playing around. Uh, so there was a lone black man and they harassed and attacked him, which resulted in four MAGA rioters being stabbed. So sad, too bad. When thugs are out here acting up, that's what they get. I hope they all get locked up and best believe that the police were not harassing them like they were harassing us. Hmm. Quite uh, funny. But anyway. All right, so on to some more light news some more fun news you know i'm into the whole superheroes and all stuff right so that's what you're gonna get <laughs> marvel has released a ton of announcements and one of the new superheroes is miss riri williams aka ironheart who will be taking over as the new iron man so she's a new character that has come out recently um in recent years and she kind of takes the mantle of iron man who we saw who died in this past movie um but i'm not quite sure how it goes with the comic books though i don't really keep up with it like that but the new iron heart will be played by miss dominique thorne so i'm definitely excited to see that and in more black ass movie news coming to america 2 is on the way amazon prime has finally 
released some pictures and it looks dope. I ain't gonna lie, it's bringing back that feeling, that nostalgic vibe. So, you know, they haven't put any um, video footage out there yet. So we're gonna see, but it's, it's looking promising so far, you know. And they're announcing that it's gonna be out March 5th. So this is going back to the whole conversation of seeing how uh, the media is really transitioning, especially when it comes to movies, you know. So seeing more of a streaming platform, which I'm not bad about because if I could be in my pajamas watching a movie, in the comfort of my home, I'm gonna do that, all right? All right, on to today's episode. We're in this time of COVID, and you know, necessarily people have a hard time with finding reliable information or they're just doubting what's being put out there, you know? So I wanna make sure that we are all on the same page, making sure that we are all living our healthiest lives and having the right information, accurate information. So of course, I had to get on public health professional, Ms. Kim Pierre, who did a phenomenal job dropping a ton of jewels and resources to really tell us what the landscape's looking like out here for COVID-19, especially when it comes to the impact that it's having on communities of color. Um, please note that she has dropped a ton of resources in this episode, so everything that she has said, those links are in the show notes, so please make sure you take a listen and pass it on, all right, and let's get into the episode. Hey, what's going on, Kim? Thank you for coming on to the Education of the People. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Um, thank you for having me. I can't wait to see what we get into today. No problem at all. Like, I was excited to have you on here, too, because of, you know, everything that's going on with the pandemic. So, of course, you know, we had to get a, a public health professional on here, but um, not too much about me telling you, telling the people about you, but necessarily tell us who you are and what you do. All right. Well, once again, thank you so much for having me. So um, just to talk about myself. So I am a public health professional, as you know, and on my day to day, I focus on trying to improve health disparities. When we think about what some might label marginalized or vulnerable populations. Mm -hmm. um, so to be specific, um, I'm involved in research, um, community health and um, health engagement and health education. And the areas of my research interests include like sexual reproductive health, um, how do we improve adolescent health, maternal child health, minority health. So those are some of the areas of my research interests and my focus. So oh, I, I, I see you out here doing all the research and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So what inspires you to get into public health in the first place? Because I know like everyone has their specific journeys that leads them to where they are as, you know, adults and whatnot. So how did you end up getting into this field? So growing up, I grew up in a Caribbean household. And what was preached to me is you need to be a doctor, a lawyer, a nurse, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but growing up, it's the idea of helping people. And what I came to realize is there's so much you can do to help others. You could be a mm -hmm. garbage, uh, garbage truck person. Hopefully I said that right. But you can be mm -hmm. helping them in that way, um, just helping yeah. with waste disposal. I could be a teacher helping you. So what really drew me to public health was was when I learned um, during my time in undergrad how you're, mm. um, how this is a prevention science. Why wait until the person's sick for us to be like, hey, here's medication or here's what you can do? How, we, how can we pre um, prevent the onset of disease or um, the onset of disparity? Or how can we bridge gaps to improve outcomes? So just learning that and being exposed to it really drew me to it. Um, mm. I think just for myself, I'm a person that I love to like, okay, how are we going to figure this out? I love to create solutions. So being yeah. involved in a field that's trying and working to make solutions, not taking away from others, I I would say that's what really drove me. And I feel like 
all people, whether you're in healthcare, education, public health, we're doing work, but I definitely believe in public health prevention science. Okay, dope, dope. And I'm glad that you really spoke about the prevention piece because our government has not took uh, preventive measures to make sure that we're good when it came to this pandemic that we're in right now, right? So with everything going on with that, it's cold season and, you know, it's a lot going on. So, you know, the main thing I did was I wanted to have a professional in here to really debunk some myths and then also, you know, just give us some reliable resources and accurate information because, you know, with black people, we don't like to believe shit sometimes that the government tells us or that medical professionals just because of the history that's happened, which is very real. And I understand that definitely. But, you know, when it comes from one of us, somebody that's black, you know what I mean, you know, you represent IT. I see you out here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but necessarily, can you let us know what it's looking like right now when it comes to COVID-19? Um, you know, we saw the first wave during the summertime, uh, springtime, but right now, what are we looking like? Uh, more so we can speak about Jersey or nationally, whatever you want, but when it comes to COVID-19, what's it looking like out here? So before I even get into it, um, I just want to address one thing you have said regarding like the government's not doing much. Well, mm. I just want to say like definitely we can see that there's protocols in place, but it's a matter um, of like implementation and the consistency. Yeah. Um, definitely like when when there's any issue, there's um, better ways to go about things. But mm. definitely um, outside of the role the government plays, we definitely have to take accountability as us as individuals when we're thinking right. about how are we really protecting ourselves. Listen, I understand we are sick and tired of being sick and tired inside the house, but mm -hmm. there is a level of accountability we also need to take because if we want this to end, there's um, outside of the stipulations or um, what was mandated of us, there is expectation that some people aren't meeting, which is contributing to the spread of um of COVID um, as Absolutely we see true. now in this now second wave. Um, but just to kind of give a, I guess, an overview of just COVID just right now, I would mm. definitely say that we are in the second wave. And what's so crazy is that outside of COVID, this is still flu season. So we're yep. still in a period where people are still getting sick or they still have that possibility. Um, and I know we're probably going to touch on this um, later on, but just talking about prevention science, I know that it's um, definitely recommended or pushed to whether it's um, to get your vaccination or just the, um, the, the, like the flu flu shot vaccination or mm -hmm. just to be very intentional about your own like personal health and well-being um, meaning washing your hands guys yes even before covid you have to wash your hands um, and some of y'all still not washing your hands y'all nasty as hell out here wash well, your hands for real okay now listen before, <laughs> like it's not a problem it's not gonna kill you but just even us taking our precautions i think some people are a little last because sometimes when things aren't close to us it's hard mm -hmm. to really you know really resonate with it um sure. but to go back into the like the overview so um it has been reported that or it has been published um that when it comes to the total amount of cases um or a backtrack so what's been mm -hmm. reported by states um in let's say our the countries um what's, the, what's reported in the country there's about 
Um, states have reported about 1.9 million tests that have been that have been done. Testing meaning mm-hmm. people who are getting tested for COVID, whether they're positive or not. So of the testing, it has been reported that there's about 214,000 cases, um, mm-hmm. with currently a total of oh, about a little over 3,000 um, deaths. Um, mm-hmm. From that number, I know I'm throwing numbers out you, but just to kind of make it like real right there are mm. totally um there's a total of about uh, over a hundred and a hundred thousand people who are still currently hospitalized with covid19 mm. which is now at the all-time it's an all-time new record so even though like we're in our little area we're in our little hood we're in our little um humble boat um i hope i said that right right humble boat you know <laughs> you get it right yeah. i'm speaking english but um this is still really real um it's it's still an issue. People are still getting affected. And let's not even talk about our black and brown communities. A lot mm-hmm. of us are being, um, we see the disparity there because not only are we seeing these deaths in high rates, but what about our underlying health conditions or health issues? How many yep. of our aunties or cousins or our parents maybe are suffering from a chronic illness, let's say like diabetes or high blood pressure, which do contribute to the onset of if somebody was exposed to to the disease to mm-hmm. maybe exacerbate or make it the um let's say like make it tough uh, or harder to really fight off um this um this virus or this disease. Thank you for providing that um overview of everything. And you know, with COVID nineteen, it's affected a lot of the ways of the way we live. You know, our holidays aren't the same anymore. Like I'm done with zoom. Like I'm tired of this shit. (laughs) Right. But also, you know, to be human is to be social. So, you know, we see people partying and whatnot, but you got some folks that's out here that are single. I mean, they trying to, they trying to get, get, get bay out here. So, right. Dating during (laughs) the pandemic, what are your thoughts and advice and tips for how to navigate that during this time? Now, I'm going to start with this. I am not no dating expert. I'm not no dating guru, (laughs) but I am somebody with common sense and a big imagination. Uh Now, when it comes to this pandemic, I think that it put people in this headspace that they can't do anything. You're stuck. There's no hope. Well, let me let you know, or as a reminder, there is hope because you have life, right? You guys have mouth, you have resources. So there's so many things you can do to be creative, to try to... um, not only maybe woo a person mm-hmm. or maybe get the attention um, of others. Though they say outside is closed, there are places that are still open or there are still places that are safely having social gatherings. Mm-hmm. But one thing I would say is that um, that is, um, I said that could be reinforced during this time of this pandemic is just creativity. Yeah. If you find someone, listen, I'm going to just say life is too short. Shoot that shot okay take that chance because what's the worst that somebody could say to you no Mm -hmm. that's true so if you're so afraid of a no then how are you really trying to pursue if this is something you really want yeah i think that for so long we've been so accustomed or some so many people have this sense of entitlement that oh when i'm ready to do it this is when it's going to come and not trying to take away we're all kings and queens in our own right but if you're not going for the things or you're not putting action to the things that you really desire, or you're not really trying to work to improve your approach, how do you really expect outcomes? I would say me as an individual, and I don't want to put this on anyone, I'm more so outcome driven, right? Mm-hmm. What is my intention? If I'm going out, what is the outcome I'm trying to go? If I'm hungry, my outcome when I go out is to get food and make sure I'm I'm fed, right? Yep. 
So let's ask ourselves, like, what is the true outcome? Are you really trying to date because you're trying to be with somebody? Or are you trying to date because you're lonely? Uh, mm. Listen, you got friends, right? Right. You, you, you have people around. Yeah. So what's really holding you back? And like I said, I'm not no ship guru. I'm none of that. But I think that we're at a place now where we have to start thinking outside the box. Yeah, Zoom could be tiring, mm-hmm. but hey, um, when there was opportunities and there is, the weather isn't too bad, but hey, hiking isn't bad, right? Social distancing with our mm-hmm. mask on, protecting yourself, because you, you still don't know these people you're going out with, right? So we still want to protect ourselves, but Thanks. open the door to do so. Um, there's so many different, um, I say networking opportunities. Now that we're at home, you can go on Eventbrite and you can see like different opportunities to net, whether it's networking with other professionals, maybe linking mm. with other singles. People are still making things happen. Um, just even recently, um, I had been introduced to like a like a, a dating series or I could say like a dating um, program. Please don't misquote mm. me, but just to see how people are being creative, they're seeing <laughs> the lack of, um, I guess, people trying to pursue. Maybe some people are giving up. But I say all that to yeah. say is that I'm not trying to be that corny person, that corny motivational speaker saying, you can do it. But honestly, Mm -hmm. you can. If you put in the time, you put in the work, you can do it. But before anything, before you're trying to pursue someone else, what are you doing for yourself, right? I want this dream guy, this dream girl, but are you really centered within yourself? Uh, We're in a pandemic. Physical activity is important. Are you really taking care of yourself? Now, what Mm -hmm. are you really trying to attract? And usually that starts with us, not only the efforts we do, but what are we doing with ourselves to get where we want to go? So that's like my yeah. little two cents. Um, I ho- definitely hope that made sense. But just as a reminder, like, don't be discouraged because this is not the first time a door has closed. COVID did not stop people from traveling. COVID did not stop people mm-hmm. from trying to find a job. Yes, it may be difficult, but it's not stopping you, right? Only person stopping you yeah. is you. So hopefully that helps yeah. somebody, you know. Now I feel you. And one thing I really like is that you brought up the fact of it starts with you and working on yourself, definitely. And I know that creativity is king during this period of time. So, you know, definitely make sure y'all are taking advantage of the advice and tips that she has provided for you. But also recognize what she said about if you are lonely. You know what I mean, because a lot of people, uh, first off, we are in a pandemic, so we're not getting that much physical, I guess, contact with people, not being around people like that. But also at the same time, you got to remember the mental impact that this is having. And a lot of people have emotional abandonment issues from the childhood that they have not dealt with. So they often try to find partners or people they can latch onto to kind of make themselves whole. So, you know, I look at this pandemic as a time for us to really work on ourselves internally. You know what I mean? And for me, I became single during the pandemic. So it's like I'm healing from that relationship, but then also, you know, working on becoming whole and all that stuff. So that's a definitely a very interesting um, aspect to this period of time, at least for me, you know what I mean? But, you know, I'm hoping that by the time the summer comes, you know, I'll be good, definitely. Okay. And then hopefully this pandemic is good. So get active again. But thank you for providing your, your insight to that, definitely. Um, and just going back a little bit more to uh, earlier, uh, we were talking about... Um, the numbers of people who are currently sick mm-hmm. and just overall the conditions of our environments where we live at, you know, uh, we live in food deserts. Uh, our medical systems aren't really designed to help us flourish that much. You know, um, a lot of uh, medical racism does exist within the systems. Right. 
So I want to be able to go to that prevention piece that you spoke about, right? Uh-huh. So within our our communities, we have a big thing on holistic healing, right? And Dr. Sebi is an individual who a lot of people look up to. Um, I know there are a few celebrities that have sworn by his research and all that stuff. But from your op- opinion, from your research, um, and necessarily there's no right or wrong answer here, but what are your thoughts on the work of Dr. Sebi? And necessarily, is there any uh, advantage or benefit towards you know adopting some of his uh, his practices? So when it comes to Dr. Sebi, one thing that I, I just want to put out there is that one thing that I realized in his approach is um, when it comes to like personal wholeness, what can we do using the environment to help improve our health, right? We know mm-hmm. some might say health as well, and there's a saying, you are what you eat. Mm-hmm. For when we're thinking about um, this, um, us being consumers and this fast paced capitalist country. If you want to eat food, there's food available, but not everything we're eating is necessarily great for us to sustain a healthy lifestyle. Now, everybody Mm -hmm. is entitled and you deserve optimal health. I am not taking away that there is systemic racism when we think about the barriers of care. There's so many gaps of services. There's so many people who are not really getting maybe the resources they need or maybe do not know how to access it. Or maybe there are some providers that are not necessarily putting in that time to give it. The disparities mm-hmm. when it comes to minorities, the disparities when we see in health in general, they are there. But going mm-hmm. into Dr. Um, CB's teachings, um, one thing that's so interesting, just doing like background about him, you will never really find a credible, uh, um, uh, a credible scientific evidence that really shows that his teachings necessarily lead to prevention or treating medical conditions. Now, I'm not saying Mm -hmm. it's not possible. I'm not saying he's inaccurate, but it's very interesting to see how, though he's encouraging a plant-based diet, though he's encouraging a plant-based approach to eating, which does have Mm -hmm. its own benefits within its own, if done correctly, because we see now people are putting labels to their their lifestyles. I'm a flexitarian. Can you please tell me what's a flexitarian? (laughs) I'm a vegetarian today. I'm a vegan Uh tomorrow. I'm a pescatarian. People are putting labels. But the one thing that's consistent about Dr. CB, he's, um, um, Sebi, sorry, excuse me, is that he's showing the nutrition or the nutritional benefits for making changes. Though Mm -hmm. everyone has their own biases, everyone has their own belief, right? And I'm, like I said, I'm not taking away from it, but what he's, by, incorporating a plant-based diet by intentionally detoxifying your body by achieving Mm. um i guess achieving um an alkaline state where it can help reduce or um mitigate the the risk of disease i think he is starting this narrative to encourage people to be very mindful of what you're putting into your body when you're Mm -hmm. not trying to down fast food but if you're going to your favorite fast food place Ask yourself, first and foremost, why is it taking them so long to prepare this meal? But when I'm home making my same burger, my same chicken sandwich, my mm-hmm. same salad, why does it take me all this time? But everything is just Facts. so like quick, right? When we're thinking yep. about um, the mass production of food, the label's organic. Are we really eating what we're saying? Are you really reading the food labels? Are you really intentional mm-hmm. to see the sodium intake? Are you in- intentional to see the sugar intake? 
All these mm. build up and they contribute to comorbidities or they contribute to the possibility of getting diagnosed with these ailments or these illnesses that are really, really um, affecting our black and brown or um, our minority population. So mm. I say all that to say he's definitely introduced, uh, introducing a lifestyle that should be considered by most. It's nothing mm. wrong with having a plant-based diet. And when I say plant-based, I'm not vegetarian. I'm not vegan, right? But one thing that I noticed is when I personally change myself, right? And I'm not saying I follow um, his teachings um, to the T, but just as a personal testament, the day that I incorporated uh, a, a bulk of my diet to be plant-based where I'm eating cleaner, mm. I, res- I benefited from a lot of um, great outcomes. In the beginning, I said I'm an outcome person. But I'm saying I'm yeah. trying to lose weight and I'm working out, but I'm eating bad, nothing, nothing happens. And as a testament that, that didn't really change anything for me. But when I started eating better, eating cleaner, meaning I'm incorporating more vegetables, um, though I do, I do, I'm not gonna lie, I, I, I do still eat meat, but it's not necessarily mm. the bulk or a necessity of my diet. I was actually a part of this program um, called Heart Smarts through um, New York Presbyterian Hospital. And one thing mm. that I really loved is that they were introducing to um, just black and brown communities the possibility to want to be intentional by improving our heart health, but also being intentional what we eat. And they had a segment yeah. of the program where I was actually a facilitator where they had a book club. And in this book club, maybe this could help somebody, but this definitely helped me. Um, there was mm. a book series that we were doing together and really understanding our diets um, called Eat to Live by Joel Furman, which basically mm. broke down um, the benefits of um, incorporating more of a plant-based diet and the nutritional gain that you're getting from doing so. And you see within this book, um, people's personal testimonies of people being over 300 pounds, diabetes, high blood pressure, and by them making that change and was consistent, they saw outcomes and it it reversed um, their onset of illness that they were diagnosed with. Um, They also showed that it's not, it doesn't have to necessarily be a hundred percent but incorporating, I believe the, the numbers was 90-10. Now, for some of us, that mm-hmm. may be hard, right? But doesn't it start with a intentional start, right? Hey, yep. how about I stop eating all my, my, my grandma's famous fried chicken? I'm not saying that because I'm black, mm-hmm. okay? But what about if I start <laughs> maybe changing up how I make my soul food? Listen, I love yeah. some collard greens, but does it have to have all that extra in it? Yep. You can season your food without salt. There's yep. herbs. Have you really intentional tried different alternatives before we're so quick to shut something out? Mind you, I'm a person. I don't even like tomatoes. Okay. I never ate much. I was so picky. I'm like, ew, I don't need none of this, right? <laughs> but did I ever ew. really try it to really know if this is something I didn't like? So one thing I'll just mm-hmm. say to those who are listening, and maybe even yourself, and as a reminder to me, is it doesn't hurt to try, right? How about we try to incorporate it? You want to have that Tiana Taylor body. You want to have Michael B. Jordan's body. You want to do all these things. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with you. And I'm not encouraging you to comparing yourself to other people. But the same way they're putting in their time to be intentional of their outcome or their appearance since they are making careers out of it, it's the same Mm -hmm. way we can do the same when we think about ourselves and our health and our appearance. It is possible, but it starts by taking that first step. Now, I appreciate you going to that. And you actually just sparked a question. So do you think that diseases are hereditary or is just the fact that we're following the same eating patterns as our ancestors? 
Though it is mentioned, um, maybe when you go to your provider, that a lot of these onsets of disease are hereditary. The one thing I just want to emphasize is that your personal choices can change the mm-hmm. trajectory of your possibility of getting diagnosed with it. Yeah, my, yeah. my mother might have diabetes and high blood pressure. I may be more susceptible because there's a history, but I can change my choices to not have to go down that path. So I say that as a message of hope because so many people feel like, well, I already see this around me, so this is what's expected or this is what's going to happen. Well, first and foremost, you're more than your environment. And the choices that you make start with you. Your mother's not putting the food in your mouth. You don't have to say yes to that that huge plate of food when you visit your family members to eat it. You don't Mm -hmm. have to always order takeout. You can find other alternatives. There are choices. But Mm -hmm. I reinforce that you still have an influence and you still have the power to make informed decisions and you can make lifestyle change for yourself to not get that same outcome. My mother may be overweight. My father may be a very ill person, but that is not Mm -hmm. what I see for myself. And I'm working on today to improve that for my future generation, for my future kids to let them know it's possible. The same way we see the future when it comes to education, transparent moment. I'm a first generation. I say that so proudly because for so often we get shamed to feel like we have to be okay with um, or being not okay with not having, I guess, a different view or different approach when it comes to, let's say, education. Navigating systems are very difficult. I don't know if you've ever been Mm -hmm. to a doctor's office or maybe you've been to a hospital. You're looking at these papers like, "What, what am I doing? Like, what does this even say? Or they're using medical jargon you're not understanding. But the thing that you can do differently, ask questions. Don't give up. Yep. Get that degree. Apply for that job. You have like yeah. once again, it's going back to us. We can't we have we have so much more power than we think. Maybe your That's... doctor might say you have to be on medication um, to to help sustain um, whatever illness you have. But you also mm-hmm. are capable of improving your lifestyle to give you the possibility to not have to be on that medication. So, yeah, just yeah, I, I hope that was a good example. But <laughs> no, nah, nah, it was an excellent example. Thank you for providing that. And uh, definitely you speaking to willpower and the, the power of choice. Now, I mean, that's something that I really had to look at because, you know, my family's from the country. We eat pig feast, hog maws, chitlins, all that stuff back in the day. I mean, a fried food. But um, at one point I was high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and I probably was pre-diabetic. But then when I changed my my eating habits, I went pescatarian. I'm like the only one really that, that practices it. I've been for like three years, but more so on the vegetarian side. Um, all that stuff went away. And then when I made that initial change, I lost 15 pounds off the rip. I mean, so it's really about you having the willpower and creating your own change, not being a victim and creating your own story so that you become a victor. I mean, mm-hmm. so um Going back real quick to another thing with Dr. Sebi um, is that he used to say that by minimizing mucus, that decreases the chance of getting sick. Is there any um, truth to that statement at all? No. So definitely I'm not um, going to discredit myself, but I'm putting out there that I'm not a mucus expert who does research on this on a day to day. Got you, got you. But the one thing that I do focus on is understanding disparity and how can we help mitigate it? Now, in the research that I did just to like be able to um, repeat this in a digestible way, 
what I found about mucus is I don't want anyone here to assume that developing mucus is a bad thing. Yeah. There was actually um, an article published um, through a, um, a PhD student um, who actually focused on, um, I guess, mucus. Yeah, people actually do study these things. And I can definitely send the resources at the end. Um, but one thing that was emphasized when it comes to, first and foremost, Mucus is actually good for our body in the sense of um, it helps assist when it comes to our um, our body's ability to uh, um, to I guess help our immune system to be at that defense. Mucus mm. um, scientifically is considered a natural filter, so that um, bacteria um, and outs- like so bacteria don't necessarily interact or is able to I guess go through us um, as easier as if there was nothing there. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing that we realize in the colder months, um, we tend to be exposed to a lot of cold air and being exposed yeah. to a lot of cold air, it, it, it changes the production or that lubrication that mucus does provide us, which opens the opportunity, um, opens the possibility or can trigger um, the possibility of it drying out, which some people can become sick from. Now mm-hmm. um, to, to break out, um, to explain um, where maybe doctors, um, where his teachings was coming from in terms of eliminating it, there are mm-hmm. some certain health conditions that when there's an excess amount of mucus production, it can cause um, like disparities, like whether it's um, acid reflux, um, even allergies, asthma, mm-hmm. and different infections. Um, some common colds have been um has been found through excessive mucus production, um, some mm. lung diseases like bronchitis and pneumonia. So there is some correlation to show that when there is a, an excess, too much of anything is not necessarily good for us. But there has yeah. been uh, there. There's the record does show. But I just want to just um, emphasize based off of what I found. I can only speak to you what I know, and I don't want to give fake news. Hashtag no fake news here. Um, <laughs> mucus is not necessarily a bad thing and i don't want to use the mm. labels good or bad um but i just yeah. want you guys to understand that that lubrication is oh it's good for us to have it's a protective substance but when it becomes oh and <laughs> <laughs> but it is definitely um something that we want to be more vigilant about because when we start to mass produce it or when it starts triggering that excessive um, production, Mm -hmm. this is when it starts to lead to people getting diagnosed with different illnesses. So I hope I answered that, but definitely um, if you need me to elaborate, please let me know. I could throw them terms in. I just hope correctly, (laughs) but yeah. Nah, nah, you you definitely provided some good information. And y'all, she was out here fronting, talking about she was nervous. She out here killing it. So <laughs> look, look, look at fronting. This like Uncle Phil when he came to the pool hall, act like he can't play. <laughs> but anyway, um, that fake laugh out. Don't don't make me do that again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, it's all good. So I'm throwing a lot of random questions out there because it's a lot of stuff that we do deal with. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and necessarily, uh, I know some people turn to food as a comfort source, especially yeah. sweets, right? Mm-hmm. So I know for me, dealing with mental health and being within the field um, as an advocate and, you know, just as a emergency response professional, retired, I don't do that no more, mm-hmm. but um, I know that sugar can have a negative impact on our mental health status, right? So what is the recommended amount of sugar that we should have daily? 
That is a great question. So just to kind of go back to the point when I was um, speaking on um, reading food labels, I just want to reemphasize this because I think this is the perfect time to talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. When we're thinking about um, reading a food label, I wish I could show you, but we see that there's a lot of different numbers um, when it comes to how much is consumed in maybe a serving or whatever that um, product is. But when we see mm-hmm. the percentage, we tend to see some numbers are higher than others, depending on what we're eating. We also yeah. see like in some foods, um, when it comes to like, let's say no sugar added. When we're looking at foods that say no sugar added, and you read the food labels, um, we see that there's still some type of or some form of sugar in it. And I'm bringing this Mm. up because a lot of times we're so trusting of what we see or we're so trusting to see the label that we assume that we're having a better alternative. Too much Mm. of anything is not necessarily good for us at all. Um, But Mm. to give you exact numbers, so I believe when it comes to sugar, the daily sugar intake that is recommended, it should be about, um, I I believe, like, no more than, um, let's say, nine teaspoons but before I get into that, let's not even talk about sugar. Um, when we think about our lifestyles, it's um, it's saying it's 80% eating and it's um, about 20% working out. When we're thinking about this, this period of this pandemic, when we're thinking about this period of um, trying to help our immune systems, one thing that we have to realize is that outside of what we're eating, I want to put it out there, we still should be active no matter how cold it is. The CDC recommends that we should have a total amount of about 150 minutes of moderate activity, meaning it's not too, too um, extensive, but it's enough to mm. um, it's enough to keep us moving. So if we break this down for the daily adult, we need at least 30 minutes a day of some form of um, exercise. And it's been encouraged mm. by the CDC to have two days of strength based training when it comes to our food intake. The CDC recommends our sugar intake should be um, less than 10%. Earlier, I had mentioned um, about reading food labels, and there's a lot of different numbers. What we mm. want to do or what we, what we want to get into a habit of is start to be observant of what is the percentage of um, said what um, said whatever we're looking at that we're actually consuming. And what I mean by that whatever is when we're looking at the sodium, does it mm. so does it go over the recommended percentage or is it under? But typically for sugar, um, like I said, you want um at the percentage source, you want to have at least less than 10% of whatever you're consuming. Um uh, when we think about the typical American diet, we don't necessarily have the best diet in the world. Um, I'm not gonna front, we see it. Um mm-hmm. we're in a fast-paced environment Trash. and no shade to anybody, even when we look at what's recommended in um certain diets for people who are diagnosed with chronic um chronic illnesses, we still see mm-hmm. that they are still incorporating some of these unhealthy foods to our diet. Um, mm-hmm. sugar does contribute to not only disparities, but it contributes to excessive weight gain the possibility of having type 2 disease um type 2 diabetes and even heart disease yes too much sugar can lead to heart disease mm-hmm. i'll get back to the the total grams um just to give a different perspective but just to give a general concept you don't want it to exceed over about 10% of whatever that food label says okay and i'll get back mm. um to give you the actual um purse the actual gram size according to the american heart association they recommend like when it comes to men, um, men should consume about no more than nine teaspoons, which is about 36 grams. Um, mm. 
or and for women, they should have less than six tea, uh, they should have about less than six teaspoons, which is about 25 grams a day. But sometimes mm. it's kind of hard to give those numbers, in my opinion, because I'm not sitting there with a, a, a machine weighing out my sugar because it's in almost everything yeah. we eat. Um, yeah. So no, definitely. I but, mean, I, but I'm glad you brought up like the fact about the labels, though, because now, you know, to look at the labels and to see the amount of sugar there. So, you know, make sure you're looking at the percentage, y'all. And then also the grams there, because like she said, according to the American Heart Association, uh, said about 36 for men and then 25 for women. So make sure you are keeping your eyes out on that. Definitely. Now, when we're speaking about, um, you know, other ways to really improve our health, um, our immune systems and all stuff, uh, I've heard stuff about steam boost mm. as a way to do that. Um, in your opinion and looking at the research, does that actually work to boost your uh, immune system? Now, um, when we're thinking about um, boosting our immune system, I just want to highlight that um, what we consume and what we put in our body is definitely really, really important and does contribute. Um, mm -hmm. Just to give you some ideas of um, foods that you can consume that's suggested by some dietitians that can um, boost your immune system naturally, um, just mm. consuming a good amount of vitamin A, so um, beta carotene, um, which are foods that are um, like carrots, sweet potatoes, spinach, broccoli, even red bell peppers. Foods mm. like this can help when it comes to our intestines and our respiratory system. Um, when we're thinking mm. about consumption of vitamin C, I'm not talking about, oh, I drink orange juice, Tropicana. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking yeah. about um, foods that are rich in vitamin Cs. And surprisingly, just um, we know, well, not surprising, but citrus fruits, um, even strawberries, even going back to red bell, red, um, uh, red bell peppers, kiwis. These are some examples mm. of food that are really rich in vitamin C. Some people might not be aware of it. Um, other immune boosting uh, foods or things to consider to incorporate in our diet is like vitamin E. With vitamin yeah. E, these are foods that um, help um, basically our body. Um, it helps um, the production of neutralization when it comes to antioxidants. So foods like um, certain nuts, um, seeds and avocados, like omega-3s. Um, these are some examples of where we can get vitamin E's. Um, and I'm talking the scope mm. of outside of supplements. Um, incorporating incorporating zinc in our diet. Some zinc-rich yeah. foods for people who are plant-based, um, let's say beans, um, seeds, nuts. For some people who still who consume meat, um, meats, um, so poultry, some seafood, they do find... Um, they do find zinc within it, but just keep in mind the dosage is not necessarily the same um, when mm. we're thinking about consumption. Just because you had a whole teaspoon steak, I'm not saying it has more zinc than um, actual, um, let's say, bowl of nuts. But just be considered, mm. you you want to have balance in it, right? There's still other, yeah. um, there's other um, substances like fats and stuff you want to consider in what you're putting in your daily um, um, food consumption. Um, and the last mm. thing I want to talk about when we're thinking about immune boosting um, is protein. Protein has been found to help boost immune, um, to to help boost the immune. It helps with the specific amino acids that our body needs to help mm. the T cell um, function to its best capacity. So typically, when we're thinking about T cells, we know we usually hear in the scope of HIV, like the T cells, but for yeah. outside of that scope, the T cell is really important because it helps the body fight against pathogens. And foods that are, um, are high in protein include beans, nuts, um, going into there are meats that also have that as well. 
But Mm -hmm. I want to start off with that because I want people to understand that there are options. You do have options when it comes to boosting your immune system based on how you choose to eat. So eating is very important. But you had mentioned about the steaming, right? Um, Yeah, I've been seeing steam pots. Yeah. And the one thing that's so interesting about steaming is that this is more so, I guess, some might say it's like a holistic way or a holistic approach when it comes mm. to trying to mitigate the the onset of illness um, or maybe mitigating, um, I guess, um, some people's health. So um, you had mentioned the that you see a lot of people using steaming or the steaming method to help boost their immune system. So... On the, despite all you will see on the internet, we see a lot on social media. Just keep in mm. mind that there is no um, magic pill. There's no, no magic food that is absolutely guaranteed this alone that's going to help boost your immune system and protect you. But, yeah. um, but I had said earlier that steaming is considered like a natural remedy of some sort, or steaming mm. is considered a natural remedy to help assist that, or even it helps people um, recover. From, um, faster in um, some resources to recover from colds and flu. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's 100% accurate that this works. And I'm not trying to say that this is not true. But the one thing I'm going to say with any type of home remedy, because we all come from different backgrounds where we say, hey, take this and this will help you. And we tend to see yeah. results. Is that anytime you're trying to do something that is as an intervention to help prevent or to help improve something, and you're not sure, you should always try to visit your um, your provider to ask for advice on how to manage your symptoms. Typically, mm. when people are using steaming, um, it has been found to help relieve congestion of some sort. But I'm not going to mm. necessarily confirm that it, it's a, a thousand percent way to boost immune systems. Earlier, I had mentioned on different foods that can do it. So it's I would say it's more so of a built effort. It's a joint effort. The more yeah. consistent you are with the way you eat, the more intention you are to put good things in your body, your body, your body loves it when you treat it well. So you're more likely mm-hmm. to have a more positive outcome. But let's not take away from people who are eating healthier lifestyles, whether they did it all their lives or did it later on. They're not immune from getting sick. They're not immune from getting um, certain diseases. It still happens. But by yeah. our choices, it helps lower the chances or lower the opportunity to be diagnosed or have to have these lifetime um, ailments. So that's that's okay. what I got with that. Yeah. Cool. Now, thank you for breaking that down, definitely, and providing those uh, low, more detailed advice on how people can boost their immune system. Because oftentimes we just think about supplements, but food is the best source to really boost our immune system. So definitely thank you for providing that information. Um, So switching gears a little bit, uh, mental health education and awareness is very um, close to my heart. And you recently wrote an article about the rise of suicide rates among Black people. Um, Can you please talk about your work? So um, earlier I had mentioned some of my research interests not only include minority health, but adolescents. And Um, Mm -hmm. I was so happy to be a part of this study where we're basically identifying that when it comes to um, suicide ideation amongst Black youth, um, they're not really getting the interventions that's really helping them to mitigate or to to help them get the protective factors needed to ensure that they're at a a better mental health um, um, 
a, a better stance when it comes to their mental health. And just elaborate what I mean by that is let's look at into the school system. And mm-hmm. we see that when it comes to black and brown and um, compared to their white counterparts, there's so much disparity. One disparity I just want to highlight is like just in doing this, um, I guess, doing this paper or doing a research with um, those that I had collaborated with. Um, shout out to Dr. Ijoma Opara for putting me on. Um, um, but one thing that was found is that there was inconsistent trends to show that um, Black youth had been diagnosed with a behavioral disorder like ADHD mm-hmm. um, at such higher rates compared to their white counterparts. And they weren't necessarily getting interventions to help understand where they're necessarily coming from or to help give them the interventions needed to help sustain them when it comes to a mental health period. It's, it seems like we're in a culture where mm-hmm. they're so quick to kind of let, not necessarily label, but they're so quick to say, this is, you're acting like this because of this, right? You're not necessarily, I'm not saying this is yeah. the case for all schools. I'm not saying this is the case for all, um, all people in the, um, all individuals in the mental health field, uh-huh. but there's not the same delicacy that's being um, used with white counterparts or um, when it comes to youth as yep. it is when it comes to black youth. They're the problem child. They're the mm-hmm. ones getting suspended. They're the one getting expelled. Yeah. But how often do you hear them saying, but they're the ones that are getting recommended or um, they're getting um, pushed to have to go see daily therapy. They're school counselors, they're school social workers. What interventions are really, really being properly reinforced? Mm-hmm. To give you an understanding, when it comes to suicide, it's it's one of the second leading causes of death among adolescents between the ages 12 to 18 Mm. and black children themselves are at an increased risk as suicidality. Yep. And it's, it's freaking sad. It's sad. And when we think about Uh. lived experiences, I'm not taking away from anybody, Mm. but we tend to see that there's a, there's a lot of trauma in our black and brown communities. There's a lot of fear Look at the racial tension that this year has shown and the fear that a lot of people of color are faced with. Now, on top of that, we're stuck inside because we are mandating our quarantine and we're trying to social distance. Mm -hmm. So now I'm keeping this fear inside. Who am I really talking to? I have a virtual teacher, but can I do I feel comfortable to take them to the side to help help them understand what I'm going through? Mm hmm. This research shows black children are more likely to commit suicide compared to their white counterparts. Yep. And that, that's something that I found out um, in the beginning of my mental health journey um, when I saw, what you call it? It was some work that Congresswoman Bonnie Boston Coleman was doing alongside the Congressional Black Caucus about mm-hmm. that exact problem of fixing that issue with our young black youth and, you know, when it comes to suicidal ideation. Because, you know, we have stuff that was going on back in the day that our parents can relate to, but now they got the internet. There's a whole bunch of cyber stuff going on that we can't even imagine. And then also parents are kids first bullies in the first place. So, you know, especially within black community, it's often this mentality of children are to be seen and not heard. So they're not able to speak out what's going on with them or express their thoughts. So that's why like, I really try to push the breaking the stigma when it comes to mental health issues, because, you know, Ultimately, our kids are 
inheriting this trauma, inheriting this un, being uninformed, and you know, and they're the ones that are ultimately suffering the consequences. And the numbers are right there, like you just said. So you oh. know, uh, thank you for the work that you're doing and bringing attention to that because necessarily we can't fix issues unless a light is brought to that issue. You know what I mean, so you know, you're doing very crucial work and. I really hope that, you know, we can make a change for that. And hopefully what I'm doing here can help out kids who are going through something because, you know, a lot of people are suffering in silence and it's really time for us to make a change. And we only going to get through this by coming together and helping each other out, you know, but, um, that's true. Uh, I was going to say it's even to give, like, to give more like, um, statistics when it came comes specific to like black adolescent males and females, when mm-hmm. we think about suicide, it's it's con- it's considered the third leading cause of death among Black adolescent males. It's the fourth leading cause of death for Black adolescent females. And what needs to be considered when we think about the issue at hand mm-hmm. when it comes to suicide ideation and our Black children or our Black youth is that there's cultural factors like your gender. Um, sometimes that has a, a part to pay. You talked about bullying, whether it's coming from your loved ones or maybe people in school mm-hmm. you're trying to fit in. This is something that does impact someone's thought right you're being exposed to people's hate um now um, more than ever especially if you have exposure to internet we have cultural factors like race poverty has a role to play because if you don't necessarily have the resources how are you going to get the help you need yep so these are just some examples of some culture factors that increases that that chance or that possibility just um, putting it out there, I talked about the racial climate, but Black youth who are exposed to racism or any type of discrimination, they mm. even have higher rates of experiencing dis- depressive symptoms or even the ide- mm. ideation of suicide. So our traumas, what we endure, all these build up to really impact our mental health. Now, what are we doing to really address this? How are we really advocating? Who are we holding accountable in these schools? Who are we mm-hmm. holding accountable for our resources when we go see our providers? Yep. When you tell your provider that, hey, I'm feeling anxious. I don't know why I feel like this. Are they just telling you, hey, brushing it off, oh, you'll be okay? You're fine? I know yeah. personally at one point when I brought it up to my physician, I wasn't necessarily going to a mental health um, specialist, but I was like, hey, I'm starting to notice that my sleep is being affected. I'm always, I'm starting to feel anxious and overwhelmed. Uh, if you're in school, you're fine. Are we being brushed aside? Where are our protective factors as an individual to help build us up? Do we have people who are trying to help build our self-esteem? Mm-hmm. Are we in a place where we are are we emotionally mature to really know how to cope with our situations? Mm. A lot of people who are dealing with mental health issues, it's not that they don't make necessarily see that there's a problem, but are they able to really express it? Are they getting that pos- positive reinforcement? Are they told that they're crazy? Are they being mm-hmm. told that, hey, you deal with it on your own? Are you told to keep being tough because that's how you are built to be? So these are things that we want to think about how we can change it to increase protective factors to protect us, protect our youth, protect our minority population, because it is possible. Everything's um, interrelated in some yep. way, shape, or form. But Absolutely. it also starts with us really trying to push. Let's We can make this change. Not saying it's going to happen overnight. But conversations like this make a difference, right? Encouraging yeah. our teens to have mentors, encouraging this sense of accountability. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go through through things alone. As a human person, we're designed to be in communities. Though it might seem like we're in a, a selfish society where it's more individualistic, yeah. 
Yep. But that doesn't necessarily have, that's not our norm because that's not how we're designed to be. When people are raised in a village, we see how the outcome helps. They're so proud. They help nurture. We can bring mm-hmm. this back. Yeah, we definitely can, you know, and it's a lot of the bullshit conditioning and programming that we got from America. But, you know, we got to protect the babies, y'all. We got to do our part. But uh, let's get into something lighter. You know what I mean, let's go into some hood myth busters real quick. So one thing I always heard was that cracking your knuckles causes arthritis. Is that true? So um, from what I've known and what I have looked into before, cracking your knuckles has not, has not been correlated with um, causing arthritis specifically. Um, though cracking knuckles, for me, I find it really annoying, that popping sound. Um, but <laughs> that's just me. But essentially, when you're cracking your knuckles, you're you're releasing um, like pressure between the joints um, mm. or um, it's basically like a, a fluid that helps lubricate the, the joints that you're pushing and um, the bubble pop pops it apart. Um, you're mm. not necessarily um, breaking your finger. You're not putting it out of place, but it has not been found, at least to this day. And from my findings that cracking your knuckle does, in fact, cause arthritis. OK, OK. Thank you for breaking that down. It can reduce your strength grip, but doesn't cause arthritis. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, because I be cracking my knuckles all the time. And I'm like, they're like, stop doing that. You're going to get arthritis one day. (laughs) But um, yeah, so we're beginning to wrap up. So if you can provide some people with some uh, free and low cost uh, healthcare resources and necessarily some reliable sources that people can turn to to stay updated when it comes to COVID-19. Um, guys, you, everyone, myself, as a reminder, there's so much fake news out there. There's so many people giving their opinions and not facts. Typically speaking, when we're looking into resources, we want to use a credible resources. And what typically are credible resources are um, websites ending maybe in .gov, um, maybe even .edu. Um, and sometimes even .org, but what you want to do is um, always double check the resources that they're using. Now, when we're thinking about free, free or low cost um, health resources, don't sleep on what your state resources have available. Don't sleep on what your local health department have available. We're connected to these resources. It's just a matter of how to navigate it. When we're thinking about um, just, let's say you're having issues getting access to care, or maybe um, you're not, you don't have necessarily the, um, enough insurance coverage or insurance coverage to do so. Mm-hmm. In the state of New Jersey, there's actual um, resources, um, and there's actually also federal um, federal federal programs that helps, um, I guess, bridge the gap of care for those who are not necessarily getting um, the resources or that they need. So um, if you ever visit your, let's say we're talking about COVID, um, let's say health insurance. If you go on the state of New Jersey's um, website and you go to, um, um, and you look up no no cost or low cost insurance to receive medical care, it can direct you to like a New Jersey parent link of services and insurance where it gives you a list of different resources you can use. If you want to look into federal programs, if you go to healthcare.org, sorry, healthcare.gov, and you're looking into whatever the specific um, issue you're looking into, there are things available. A lot of times when we talk on the phone, especially now, we know it takes forever. But put into time the things that are very helpful to you. Maybe if you don't want to go through those loopholes, try to get in contact with someone for your local health department. Mm. Um, and going back to the idea of resources, I know I, I mentioned accredited resources have either .gov or .edu, and sometimes um, a .org, but always double-check the resources. 
for Corona or the um, COVID-19, this pandemic that we're currently going through, uh, we should still try to reinforce and educate ourselves with our state health department statistics that they're keeping us up to date. You mm. want to use the CDC because these are people who are actually spending their time researching, no matter if we believe this virus to be true or not. Clearly, we see it is because we see how it's really impacting us in some way, shape or form. I know there's a lot of misrepresentation. There's a lot of distrusting when we're thinking about our communities, like how much weight should we put into the medical medical researchers. Mm. One thing that you can't, I, I can't necessarily say you can't do is not try to educate yourself. Ask, yeah. If you're not sure about something, educate yourself and ask questions. Have questions that you want them to answer to explain. And if they can't find the answers for you, whether you're going to visit your medical provider, have them give you the resources to get the answers you're looking for. Mm. It's nothing wrong to advocate for yourself and getting the answers that you want. And another thing I want to mention earlier when I had mentioned statistics, there's actually a website that I've been personally using to, as actually updating the, the statistics when it comes to the coronavirus. Mm. There's something called covidtracking.com, which basically this organization takes all the resources and they compile it together. And they updated every day between the time of 6 p.m. and 7.30. So mm. I share this not because I'm saying this is the only resource, but this was shared to me and I found it so helpful and it was so easy to navigate. So maybe even something like that could be somewhat something people might consider to use as a resource to track. I know it's a .com, <laughs> so mm. I, I know it's outside the scope of what I had said. But um, I, I am trusting of this because it was sent to me by a very reputable person. And also you see where they're get, pulling up the numbers. I double check and cross-reference a, a couple things on my own. And I haven't felt like it was misleading. So maybe that can be helpful for somebody else. So once again, the website that I have been using is covidtracking.com. Just to have an understanding of the nationwide um, scope. Um, but outside of that, you can always visit your state health department. Um, governor Murphy, um, who's cur currently our governor right now, he's very... Um, on top of um, informing the general public of these numbers, reinforcing the mandate of having to wear our masks, basically the do's and don'ts that we should be considering when it comes to protecting ourselves and our loved ones. So definitely those are some resources I would say to use. All right, all right. Well, I appreciate you dropping a ton of information and knowledge here. Uh, I know some of y'all may need to listen to this episode again just to get some information. Okay. Uh, definitely a lot, but Kim, I truly appreciate you. Can you tell the people about anything you may have coming up? Uh, plug your stuff, any articles, whatever, and then you know, tell the people how to reach you. Well, at this moment, surprisingly to say, I don't necessarily have a lot going on. But one thing I would love to promote is that outside of being a public health professional, I am definitely a doula who's a full spectrum trained. And if anybody's oh, looking I, for I. doula services, please um, check me out. Um, I will share my information with you. Maybe this could be a discussion for a later date. Um, doula care, midwifery, social support is needed now more than ever. One of my passions is maternal and child health. I believe that we can have healthy birth outcomes um, and we can um, build and cultivate a, a healthier generation um, of just people in general, but specifically black and brown people. We, we have the capability, we deserve um, great outcomes and we can get it with the right support. Um, what I did want to end with um, when it comes to this topic is pertaining to um, a couple do's and don'ts that a lot of people may have forgot. 
Yes, we are in the winter, but I want to reinforce, wear your mask, people, okay? Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard it enough from the CDC, health officers, public officials, I, I don't think they could have said any clearer, but I'm here to reinforce it. Please wear it. You're not doing it only to protect yourself, but protect those around you. There are people who are asymptomatic. There are people who are still not getting tested for this virus. You have loved ones that you care about. And there are some outcomes that um, we can necessarily control for those who have been exposed to the virus, right? We hear about people losing the t- their smell, losing their taste as a warning sign. Pay attention to these warning signs. Um, please don't forget to get sleep. Sleep helps us not only heal, like, um, just um, re-energize, but it, it's very helpful, especially when we're thinking about um, our specific health. A good night's sleep can help boost the effectiveness of the T cells that I mentioned earlier. Mm. Guys, please clean your stuff. I know you've been using that computer all day. I know you've been eating with mm. your hands, touching stuff. Please clean. Wipe down your There's phones because I know some of y'all don't clean your, your, your phones, your AirPods. Listen, let's not even stop there. Let's clean our phones. <laughs> if you're touching doorknobs, if you're touching remotes, I know you guys are binge watching shows. If you're using keyboards, faucets, doors, change your pillowcases. Please change your sheets, your blankets. Please mm-hmm. be intentional because you do have power to try to protect yourself, okay? Facts, facts. We can do this, okay, guys? Protect yourself, okay? If you want to um, follow me or um, you're interested in my doula services that I do provide, um, my, um, I guess my company is called A Heart That Cares Doula Services. You can email me at services at gmail.com. Um, I can share the website with you guys for those who are interested in that. Maybe you want to inquire just for informational sessions to find out more about doula care. I'm more than happy to do so. If you want my personal handle, it's at Kimberly P. At It's Kimberly P. Yes, it's I-T-S Kimberly P. Um, I just want to thank you guys for this opportunity to be here and speak. Um, I'm looking forward to many more podcasts. And guys, stay safe and be well. All right. All that stuff will be in the show notes, too. But, uh, Kim, truly appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Have a good one. Uh, the Miseducation of the People podcast is proudly edited and produced by the Real Talk Session Series, where all we do is provide that Real Talk only. Miseducation.